0: Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. there and welcome back. This is episode number 17 and today we're talking about weight loss plateaus. Have you ever lost weight at a good clip, good pace, then found yourself losing momentum and eventually hitting a wall? Yes, plateaus are real and they do happen even to the most dedicated healthy eaters, And I think it's time that we actually start anticipating them and assume they're going to come so that we can navigate through them and regain that momentum back as opposed to give up altogether. If you agree, stick around. I'm going to tell you exactly how to break through a weight loss plateau step by step on today's episode. I see so many women who already assume they're going to hit a plateau before they even got started. And it usually sounds something like this. This is actually a quote from one of my new clients who came in last week and said, "said look, I'm going to tell you right now, right away, that I have lost weight before many, many times, but I can never get below 170 pounds. That's my set point. I always get stuck at the same number and nothing I do ever works. So I just get discouraged and I stop trying. I hear this over and over again as recently as last week. It's a very common thing that women complain about. If this sounds familiar, I'm going to assume that you've had your fair share of weight loss attempts and that you have experienced some version of this at some point, point. and it truly is frustrating, and I do see that for some women, there are often Set points. There are often kind of stops or stations in their weight loss journey where the weight hovers around a certain number or, and their body's just happy around that range of, of, of pounds of, of weight. But it doesn't mean that anytime your weight loss pace has slowed that it's a plateau or that you've hit a safe set point. We have to go through some troubleshooting first and make sure we've looked at other reasons for that slowing down or for that plateau. And that's what we're going to do on today's episode. I'm going to show you how to troubleshoot step by step by step so that you have a process to go through every time you hit that plateau. I don't want anybody to hit a plateau and feel like the game's over, that they have to now go go back to what they were doing before or to get even stricter or to do something that's extreme. That's usually not the case. The solution is oftentimes way more simple than you may think. You just need to have an organized process that you're going through in order to find out where is the leak, where are things not going the way they were up until that point. So let's get right into it and start by talking about what a plateau is and what it isn't. As far as I know, there is no scientific definition of what a plateau is. It really depends on the person and what they've been doing and how the numbers are looking. So what I'm going to be telling you today is more experience-based, and I'm going to say that three or more weeks of no changes on the scale, and we're talking about a true halt on the scale, not even small reductions are considered a plateau. The reason I'm saying not even small reductions is that there are times where women see small reductions in weight and feel like they're not enough or that they're not progressing well enough, that they're not seeing meaningful enough weight loss. And that often leads to dieting, fatigue, and a lot of frustration. But when you look at the numbers a little bit more closely, you're gonna notice that there's really no plateau here whatsoever. Think about this example. Say you lost about 10 pounds in the first three months of your journey to losing 30 pounds. Okay, so you're on a 30-pound weight loss journey, and after the first three months where you lost 10 pounds, you start losing a third of a pound per week in month four. You may feel like you're definitely plateauing. You may feel like this is not going well. And it's true that things are slowing down a bit. It's true that your numbers have taken a little bit of a slower pace. But if this continues on a regular basis, you're gonna be losing an additional eight pounds in six months. That's what it accumulates to. Most people don't stick with it long enough to see those small numbers really add up to the bigger number. But when you're looking at it, if you've lost 10 pounds in three months, plus another eight pounds in six months, that's a weight loss total of 18 pounds and a two pound per month average. It may sound slow, but think about the last time you were able to lose 18 pounds in nine months. That's not too bad, right? So if you're weighing yourself at home consistently, I want you to broaden your view a little bit and not just compare your weight to the last number on the scale, But take a weight loss average. It will give you a whole new, often more positive outlook on what's happening. And remember, you have to play the long game to really get weight off for life. Just a quick pause from plateaus to talk about self-weighing at home, since we're talking about the scale. Here are five tips that I share with people about how to weigh yourself properly at home. This is very important. So come back to me if you're multitasking. Number one is you want to pick one scale and stick with it. Don't weigh yourself at home, then at the gym, then at a doctor's office, because I can guarantee you each one of these weights will vary by several pounds. Different scales can definitely give you significantly different numbers since many are not calibrated properly. Always weigh yourself in the same clothing at the same time of day, ideally fasted in the morning. And also ideally, if you're not um, you know, if you're at home, you wanna be naked. So naked, fasted, and first thing in the morning are the three things that you wanna do as far as timing. The next thing, number three, is to weigh yourself no more than once a week, twice at most, if it keeps you on track. Anytime you weigh yourself, if you're doing it on a weight on a daily basis, you're going to see a lot of fluid shifts. You're going to see a lot of what's going on digestively. If you were a little bit constipated, if you had a day where you had more bowel movements, all of those things are going to change your weight from day to day. It's not really giving you the full picture when you're doing it consecutively like that. So if you need to weigh more than once a week to stay on track, do it twice a week. I often tell people to weigh themselves on a Wednesday and a Sunday. That gives you enough time in between to kind of adjust and, and it's not going to show you as much of a fluctuation because of your fluid shifts. I know that for myself, fluid shifts could account for three to five pounds for me from day to day. I don't weigh myself daily, I don't weigh myself weekly, I weigh myself very sporadically just to keep an eye on the number, but that's really not what I'm focused on. But I know that for many people, the scale does help you stay on track, so think about doing it once or maybe at most twice a week. Never weigh yourself in the morning after you ate out, okay? So if you had dinner out, don't weigh yourself the next morning. The sodium is going to cause fluid shifts in your body and You also want to be mindful of your menstrual cycle, since that is often a cause of fluctuations that aren't necessarily showing you your true weight, but rather more so the fluid status. So keep that in mind for sure. And again, very, very important to always, always look at a monthly average so you can't really tell if something's working or not before you follow it closely for at least four weeks. That's what I always tell my clients. If you haven't done something consistently for four weeks in a row, there's really no telling if it's working or not, okay? So always be patient. You are playing the long game, my friend. So if you're aiming at one pound of weight loss per week and you've lost two and a half pounds the first week then a half a pound each week after that. So if you're not keeping track of this, I am, you're on the right track, even though it may look like things have slowed down. So remember, you lost two and a half pounds the first week and then half a pound each week after that. So that's another pound and a half. You've lost a total of four pounds in a month and that's averaging to a pound per week, which is perfect things may look like they've slowed down, but they've actually not. You're not in a plateau when this kind of weight loss is happening. So always, always look at an average, not week by week numbers. Again, that's not showing you the whole full picture. I know it's hard. I know we lose patience. I know we don't want to wait until we hit, hit our goals. We want to see boom, boom, boom. We want to see the weight loss consistent and big numbers, and that's very motivating. But Even though it's more exciting to see big numbers and get excited about the scale moving down, there's another thing that I always tell people is that it's most likely that only you know how much you weigh and only you know how much you lost every week. So that number really doesn't matter in and of itself. What matters is how you feel and that you're staying committed to the process of getting healthier. If we live and die by every pound and rely on that to motivate us, we're in for a pretty wild ride in weight loss. And that's likely going to have as many ups as it is going to have downs. So I want you to find other things except for your actual weight that's going to signal progress to you, that's going to feel like you're making meaningful progress, things like your energy levels, your mood, these are things that you experience all day long. You don't walk around with the number on the scale written on your forehead, but you do walk around with a certain energy. You do walk around with a certain mood. How you feel in your clothes is something that you feel all the time. How you think about about food, how you think about all the things you're able to do since you've started a healthier eating routine. All of those things are more important to focus on. Please don't make the scale the the bane of your existence while you're losing weight, because that's something that's very tantalizing. That could be great one day and not great the other day. So you want to stay as even keel as possible so that you're staying committed, you're staying in the process 100%, and you're not changing what you're doing based on some number on the scale. Sounds good? I hope so. So now that we know what plateaus are and how to properly weigh, let's move on to talking about why plateaus happen. Why does it happen? There are usually three main reasons someone hits a plateau. The first one is that body size has changed. So broadly speaking, as we get smaller, our body requires less calories to sustain itself. And this adjustment can happen with every 10 to 15 pounds that are lost, And that's perfectly normal. What it means as far as weight loss is that we now require less calories to sustain ourselves. We now require less calories in order to see that weight loss. And that adjustment is oftentimes very subtle, and we tend to miss it. We tend to not realize that it's happening, and we hit a plateau and we become very frustrated. But we're going to talk exactly about how to overcome this and how to identify if it's happening. But I want you to know that as you're losing a good amount of weight, your body needs change. Your body's calorie requirements are going to change, and that means you need to adjust the diet accordingly in order to continue to see weight loss. The second reason someone may hit a plateau is kind of random. Weight loss is not linear, nor does it happen at a consistent pace all the time. So sometimes we don't know why someone has hit a plateau. It's not really clear. But what's important is, again, you want to keep going. You want to keep moving forward. And even if we don't know what the reason is, the process I'm going to walk you through today is going to maybe help uncover some areas that need more attention. And that could be enough to jumpstart the weight back up again. So we don't know every single time why someone's plateauing. It could be that your weight is just not. Linear, your weight loss process is just not linear. So you could be losing five pounds in a month and then one pound the next month and zero the next and then go back to five. This happens, it happens frequently. There's not always a good explanation for it. But again, most people don't stick around long enough to see the weight loss continue back up again. And that's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about keeping it going no matter what getting through the plateau, a big part of that is continuing to move forward and not staying in place or going backwards. Even if the scale is not moving, you continue to go forward. You continue to do what you're doing because the alternative is to regain the weight and go back to old habits. And that's something that's definitely not getting you closer to your goal. The third reason that I often see people plateau is that things may just have gotten a little bit looser. Portions may have gotten bigger. Maybe you've gotten a little bit more comfortable eating out and you're doing that more frequently. That often makes the calories creep back up again. Maybe you've allowed a couple extra treats or maybe you've added something that seems small but is actually adding adding up enough to show on the scale. I had this happen to me a few years ago. I started studying in New York and coming from Israel and seeing the big city and all these coffee shops and all these restaurants and all these eating opportunities, I certainly felt tempted. And I got into this habit of buying one of these Starbucks really fancy coffee concoctions every day. So I think it was a car- caramel macchiato or something like that. And that was something that I really enjoyed. It became part of my routine. Every day I would get on the on the train, go into the city, and on on the way uh, to my classes, on the way to school as I was walking, I would get one of these coffees. I changed nothing else about my diet, and I believe I gained about 10 pounds within three months. That was something that I didn't even pay attention to. I wasn't even realizing that it had this amount of calories or that was it was contributing so much to my weight gain. And I seriously could not understand why I'm gaining weight until I realized this beverage is adding up to enough calories in my day throughout the week that is causing weight gain. So that's an example of things have gotten a little bit looser, right? I just added one thing I didn't realize and it, it was catching up to me, and I I really saw a difference in my weight and of course in my health. I didn't really feel so great with the sugar rushes, but that came that realization came after the fact. And quickly, as soon as I replaced that with just a regular coffee and cut back a little bit on things like sugar and creamer and stuff like that that I've never had before, things went back to normal. And I still see a lot of people consume beverages that have a lot of calories, not realizing that that's packing on the pounds. So when you're looking at a plateau, that may be a good area to focus on, beverages. If you're on a healthy eating routine and you're able to incorporate some caloric beverages and still lose weight, that's okay. But if weight plateaus, that's a good area to look at. Regardless of the reason that weight has truly plateaued for you, I'm going to walk you through a five-step process that I walk my clients through as well in my practice, and it works in most cases fairly quickly. So we're going to go through these steps one by one, and I also want you to know that I have an amazing freebie for today's show, which is called Power Through Plateau Checklist. Again, it's a step-by-step guide to busting through a weight loss plateau. And you can grab your copy at dafnachen.com slash plateau. Let's go ahead and get started with step number one of the Power Through Plateau framework. And that is get objective and measure. If you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that we don't count calories over here, but we do wanna be aware of them. And when someone hits a plateau, that's one of the only occasions where I do put a little bit more of a focus on numbers. Many times in the beginning of a weight loss process, if someone adopts a healthier meal plan, just the fact that we're cutting out or switching out unhealthy foods and paying closer attention to what we eat and how much we eat naturally reduces the amount of calories we take in. So we don't really need to count. Even though we're not fully aware of that calorie reduction, it's happening. After a while, like I said before, our needs for calories may get adjusted down. They may decrease just a little bit since our body size is smaller and it requires less energy to sustain itself. So the calorie level that used to work for losing weight is now keeping weight stable. It's now working for weight maintenance, which is not what we want. So, that could be a little bit confusing since nothing has changed. For example, when you started out losing weight, your weight loss calories may have been around, let's say, 2000 calories per day. If you lost a significant amount, say you lost 20 pounds, you may or may not need to adjust your calorie needs down at that point by about 10 to 20%. Again, this doesn't happen to everyone, but I've seen it enough. Where it could be the case for you, and you may now need to be closer to around 1800 calories per day. That would be a 20% reduction, a 10% reduction, right? So if you were around 2000 calories, you lower it by 10%, you're now at 1800. If you've dieted a lot, if you've had a lot of weight loss attempts in the past where you've lost weight and regained it, you may need to be closer to the 20% because your body does slow down more significantly with each weight loss attempt. So if you were to reduce your calorie intake by 20%, you may need to eat around 1600 calories to see that same weight loss pace after after you've already lost the 20 pounds. Again, if you're thinking, but I lost weight without counting anything, that's okay. Whatever plan you followed essentially totaled around a certain number of calories for you, even if you didn't realize it. The process of needing to adjust calories down, I just want you to know, is completely natural. This is the way the rhythm of your body works with weight loss. And we just have to be flexible and adjust things accordingly in order to keep that momentum going. So step number one is starting to track and getting some objective data to work with. This is the best way to know if we need to adjust things and to also discover what is your current intake of calories. From there, we can make a lot of decisions about how to adjust things, but we first have to know where you stand right now and if you're falling in the range that will likely produce a weight loss. Most women, and this is going to be a very broad statement, but what I see from my experience is that most women will lose weight, assuming they're not actively working out or doing anything that's particularly strenuous as far as physical activity. Most women will lose weight in the 14 to 1,800 calorie range, okay? So if you're not working out, if you haven't done anything formal as far as exercise, somewhere in between 14 to 1,800 calories per day should produce a weight loss for you. So how do you know how much that is in food? How do you know what that looks like in food? Well, you can go about it a couple ways here. You can follow a pre-calculated meal plan that you find appealing and seems doable. Of course, it needs to have a lot of healthy foods. Of course, it needs to include lots of proteins and vegetables and fruit and things like, starchy vegetables and nuts and low-fat dairy. If you go back to episode number four, where I spoke about calories, I also linked to a calorie calculator as well as a meal plan that you can get started with. So that will give you an example. First of all, the calculator will help you get some more objective data based on your age, gender, and weight and height. And the meal plan can then correspond to the number of calories that that meal, that calculator gave you. But if you were, you know, if you're pretty good about putting meals together in a healthy way, stay to, stay with a meal plan that totals somewhere between 14 to 1800 calories. You can always start higher and and taper off from there, but I wouldn't start on the lower end. So you can start with a 16, 17 or 1800 calorie plan and see how it goes. The next option is if you already know how many calories to eat and you want to follow your own plan, you feel like your eating is already pretty healthy or just track as you go along, you can get set up with an app like MyFitnessPal or Lose It and see what the numbers look like there. You can get a sense of how quickly things add up as far as calories. Of course, it will also calculate the protein that you're eating and fat and all of those macronutrients. Another great option if you're working with a dietitian or you're looking to start consulting with one, you can just snap pictures of your food. Your dietitian can then evaluate them for you and estimate the amount of calories that you're taking in pretty easily. I do this with many clients, and it's typically a more fun and easy way for someone to keep records. The good news is that. Typically, if we've already started seeing good weight loss and things are just slowing down a bit, it's usually a very small tweak or a set of tweaks that can jumpstart the weight loss back up again and get you through that plateau. So I'm talking about three or two or 300 calories that somehow crept in, like my latte, for example. So it's usually not a big deal and it's a very easy fix. You just need to uncover it and the trackers are super helpful for that. While we're on the topic of calories, I just want to mention that I've had two ladies in the past three months who weren't losing weight, and what we discovered is that they were slightly undereating. So while this isn't common, it's definitely a possibility, and tracking can help uncover this issue as well. The problem with under-eating is that when we eat less than our body requires, the body can enter a state that mimics starvation, and there's not going to be any weight loss or any fat loss in this case. And more importantly, if someone's under eating for a prolonged period of time, it can have very negative consequences on their metabolism as well as their hormone balance. So this is something that we definitely want to uncover. It can be just as harmful, if not more, as overeating. So under eating, not common, but it certainly can happen. So step number one was all about getting the data, down, making sure that you're tracking your intake to understand where your calories fall. Step number two is adjust the ratios. If you've already established that you're eating the right level of calories for weight loss for your body, it's time to look at your macros, the composition of your diet. When people talk about macros, they're essentially referring to proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, which are the three nutrients that contribute calories. We also get calories from alcohol, but that's a side note and a topic for another episode. And I do want to make sure that you understand, though, that alcohol is actually a common contributor for hidden calories that we tend to not pay attention to. So make sure to track drinks as well. So if calories are in check, it's time to look at macros. And I think a good place to start with macros is protein specifically. Higher consumption of protein can certainly help with weight loss because it takes more energy for the body to break it down, and protein also helps keep us full, which is a great side benefit as we're trying to stay within a certain certain calorie range. Generally speaking, I recommend that your diet has about 30% of the calories coming from protein. So that means if we're going back to our previous example that a 1,600-calorie meal plan will have about 120 grams of protein for the day. If you're curious about this calculation, you can find the way to do this in the free resource, which is the Power Through Plateau Cheat Sheet. And again, you can find that at daphnachazen.com forward slash plateaus. So you'll be able to calculate your individual number right there And of course, I'll link to it in the show notes. In addition to protein being 30% of your calories for the day, you may want to take a look at the intake of your fat and carbohydrates in the day. Naturally, if you're increasing protein and keeping the calories the same, you'll need to adjust the amounts or the types of carbohydrates and fats that you're eating. So if you find that you're eating too many carbs and less protein, I'd start with the low-hanging fruit and replace any processed carbohydrates with a healthier alternative. So this could be things like pretzels or dinner rolls or white rice, and of course, treats like candy, baked goods, and chips and crackers. Again, in the cheat sheet, I have examples of how to get more protein and more fiber as well as opposed to getting calories that are empty. Typically, when we look at carbohydrates that are more processed, they tend to be empty calories. They don't have protein and they don't have fiber. Even if you typically don't eat empty calories and refined carbohydrates, what I do want you to take a look at is your fiber intake. The goal for the day is for you to reach about 25 to 30 grams on a consistent basis That can dramatically change the pace of weight loss and your weight loss results and also make you feel a lot more satiated, a lot fuller in the process. So your main focus in this step could be to increase the amount of protein to about 30% of your calories for the day and aim for 25 to 30 grams of fiber for the day as well. These two nutrients make a huge difference in weight loss specifically for women. I just want to provide a quick example of how to eat more protein and fiber if you're currently eating a relatively healthy meal plan already. So if the refined carbohydrates are now things that you eat anyway, but you still want more protein, and let's say that, for example, you eat a chicken wrap for lunch, you can shift this meal to being higher in protein by omitting the wrap or bread having a larger portion of the chicken over salad. So say the wrap had two or three ounces, you can have four or five ounces of chicken over a large salad, and maybe even add a hard-boiled egg for extra protein. You can also add a cup of blueberries for some fiber or maybe a Greek yogurt with a teaspoon of chia seeds to give you, again, extra protein, some healthy fat, and a little bit of fiber there as well. So that's an example of taking a meal that you're already eating and modifying it to be just a little bit higher in protein and fiber. Again, these are the two nutrients that we know from studies help keep us full and promote weight loss in a more consistent way than any other nutrients in the diet. So adjusting the ratios in favor of protein and fiber is definitely going to help you break through that plateau. After you've tracked your intake for a little bit and adjusted your macros, step number three would be to take a look at your sleep patterns. We know that not sleeping enough or not sleeping well can seriously impact weight. That's because sleep deprivation alters our hormones and programs the brain to want more high-calorie foods. It also makes us hungrier, and to top it all off, when we don't get enough sleep, our cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone, stay elevated, and that means that we may store more fat in the stomach area. That's what cortisol signals the brain to do. So improving sleep hygiene, which is basically our habits around sleep and our patterns of sleep so that we can get better quality rest at night for at least seven to nine hours or more can be super helpful for busting through a plateau. I did a whole episode on sleep and stress, so please go back and listen to some more specific strategies on how to get this dialed in. The episode is number 10, and it's going to be linked in the show notes below. But just know that there are many different things that you can do to get your sleep under control, to make sure that it's good quality, that it's consistent, and that you're reaping the benefits of better hormone balance through sleep, and through a regulated circadian rhythm. This is very, very important. In the guide, in the cheat sheet that I'm going to give you, you're going to see very specific suggestions on how to get better sleep, how to get more sleep, and what kind of things you can do all throughout the day to facilitate better sleep hygiene. So again, that's going to be at daphnachazencom forward slash plateaus. Step number four is right along the lines of eating based on your circadian rhythms, which I've talked about here before, and that is to change up the order. This is such an interesting strategy and one that often works very well. So it's definitely worth worth a try. And when I say change up the order, I'm talking about the order of meals and how we structure our day as far as breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I spoke about the concept of eating along with your circadian rhythm as opposed to against it before. And what it essentially means is that we're syncing our eating with our sleep patterns. So our bodies are least prepared to process calories at night. And that's typically when people eat the largest meal of the day. So it's a little bit backwards. We're much more metabolically active In the early part of the day. And studies show that when people eat the exact same food, but in different order, where the morning and lunch are heavier as far as the meals, the calories... They lose more weight, they're more metabolically healthy, and they reduce the risk of a lot of diseases. So what I'm going to suggest to you is that if you hit a plateau, you want to take a look at changing up the order of your meals for maybe about 10 to 14 days and see if that makes a difference. So what you're going to do is you're going to have the bulk of your calories earlier in the day and... You're going to make specifically your lunch the biggest meal of the day and dinner the smallest. So this may mean that if you eat chicken and rice and vegetables at night, you eat that for lunch and then you have a small salad with a little bit of protein or maybe fruit and yogurt and some nuts as your dinner. You're making your dinner the smallest meal as far as calories. Again, this is all laid out in more detail in the cheat sheet. The other thing that you can do is keep your intake of food to about a 10 to 12 hour window. So go back to the episode that I did about intermittent fasting and see how this can benefit you. It's episode number 13. But the idea here is that you're eating the heavier meal earlier in the day and you're also stopping to eat around a 10 to 12 hour window of food. Meaning if you had your breakfast at 8 or 9 a.m., you're going to be done with a smaller dinner by 6 to 7 p.m. Okay? That can really help you if you've hit a plateau. This is something that's a very powerful strategy to get the body rebooted, to get the body back into weight loss mode. So step number four is to look at the order. You may want to change up the order of things and see if eating more in the earlier part of the day as opposed to at night can make a difference for you, can be very powerful. Step number five is to experiment with exercise. I know, last week I spoke about how exercise is not beneficial for weight loss in most cases, but hear me out. When you add exercise while you're in a plateau... It can do a few beneficial things for you. So, like I said before, sometimes people hit a plateau because they've added a few extra calories in their day without realizing it. If you're doing light activity, light exercise, mostly cardio based things like Zumba or aerobics classes, It can help balance out small deviations in food intake. Of course, walking is great for that too. You just want to make sure that you're walking at a brisk pace because, again, exercise doesn't burn a whole lot of calories. But if you can burn 100 or 150 calories in a day from exercise It can shave off that latte, right? Just about. It can shave off a few extra calories that may have crept in, and that could be enough to make a difference. So if your diet is already healthy, this type of exercise can help with some of those small deviations that you haven't realized are happening. So that's the one thing exercise can be helpful for in this specific situation. The second thing is that exercise can spark new motivation And create a new healthy habit. I have multiple clients that I work with that feel a lot more on track and more mentally focused when they're exercising. So they realize that exercise is not necessarily helping them with the weight loss, but the habit of it and the sequence of events that happens before and after they work out helps them to stay on track. And that's very important, especially because if you're plateauing, you're gonna need all the motivation and all the focus that you can get. The third thing is endorphins. You've got a lot of endorphins. Every time we exercise, we secrete these feel-good hormones, and those can help reignite your excitement about the process. Again, so much of what goes on during a plateau is more mental, is more emotional. I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting tired. I'm confused. I don't know what's happening. Getting the exercise in can help those endorphins get pumping through your body, and it can really keep you excited. So that you don't find yourself hitting a plateau and then throwing in the towel and giving up all the whole thing altogether. We don't want that. We want you to stay in the game. We want to keep you focused and we want to make sure that your motivation doesn't change a whole lot. Exercise can help with that in a very significant way. So do consider, you'll see it's step number five, so it's not something that I would do first, because again, I don't believe exercise helps with weight loss all that much. But again, you can reap a very strong mental benefit from it, and that's worth it. So step number five is to experiment with your workout. If you're currently walking, you may want to do a little interval training. You may want to add in a little bit of strength and, and, and cardio mixed up. There's a lot more suggestions in the guide, so make sure to go check it. It's the cheat sheet, Power Through Plateau, dafnachazen.com forward slash plateau. You can grab a copy right there. So there you have it. The five steps that we've covered today are going to help you navigate a plateau like a boss. Let's recap a little bit. Step number one is going to be tracking objectively. Step number two, adjusting your macros. Step number three, changing up the order. Step number four, getting better sleep. And step number five, experimenting with exercise. You can get the full recap in the cheat sheet. And again, the link to that is below, daphnachazencom forward slash plateau. Before we wrap up, I want to advise really quickly on what not to do when you hit a wall. What not to do when you experience a plateau because more often than not, Quitting is going to be the easy thing to do. So please take a moment to think about this and make sure that when you hit a plateau, and if it's a true plateau, you don't find yourself stressing about it, which often means engaging in negative self-talk, feeling angry at yourself and your body, entering panic mode eating. This is what I call when someone is just eating whatever and all bets are off, that often is a very slippery slope to regaining the weight fairly quickly. You want to keep paying attention and you want to make sure that you're still aware of the type and amount of food that you're eating. You don't want to be putting too much emphasis on this than it deserves. We talked about the scale before. You're not just a number. Don't put your entire self-worth and happiness on the scale. There is so much more to being healthy than your weight, And giving up since you feel like you've failed or even worse, making this mean something negative about yourself and your character or your ability is definitely not the road to success. It's the road to getting less of what you really want, right? Always highlight the areas where you've made progress and ask yourself, how is this plateau for me and not against me? What lessons can I learn here so that I can get better at this? You want to find the two, three baby steps that will move you toward your goal right away. Don't wait around. Don't sit and kind of rehash this and think about this too, too much. Go through the five steps that I've laid out today. There's a lot more detail in the guide and the cheat sheet that I have prepared for you. And keep it handy because it's a great way to remind yourself that the weight loss journey has lots of ups and downs, but there's always a path that you can follow To keep it going. So even though most people fall off when they hit a plateau and give it all up, you're not most people. And this is not going to stop you. You're going to keep powering through the plateau and you have a plan. You have a roadmap. I'm so grateful that you've tuned in and listened to today's episode, and I hope that you enjoyed it. I would love to hear your thoughts. So if you have a moment, please subscribe to the show and leave me a positive review. It helps more people find this information, and it helps the show get ranked higher. I would also love to connect with you. So if you want to let me know your thoughts or what resonated most with you from today's show or previous episodes, reach out to me via DM on Instagram, at underscore chazen. Can't wait to hear from you and see you again here next week. Bye for now.